Today, we're breaking down the Microsoft Surface Pro X. Are hybrids the way of the future? We'll find out. Stay tuned for your Daily Charge. Welcome to the Daily Charge. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. I'm Roger Chang. I'm Alfred Ng. And here are today's top stories. Is the Surface Pro X worth your time? Our own Dan Ackman breaks down this laptop-tablet hybrid. Unlike Microsoft's Surface Pro 7 laptop, the Surface Pro X runs on a different processor, similar to the ones that run smartphones. So it's supposed to have better better battery life, go to sleep and wake up in a flash, and include 4G connectivity. But just like those other Surface devices, Microsoft still makes you pay for accessories like the keyboard cover and the redesigned stylus. The Surface Pro X by itself is $1,000, but you need $139 for the keyboard and $144 for that redesigned pen. Alfred, what do you think? Why do they like st- like keep doing this? This doesn't make any sense to charge that much for that keyboard. It every- makes perfect sense if you're Microsoft and you want money. Every time they show off the Surface, like any of their devices, it's always with the keyboard. It- yes. It's never just like... Yeah, you can use this as a standalone tablet and it's great. It's like, yeah, it's also a convertible that you can use with the keyboard. And they keep adding it on as like, oh yeah, by the way, it's like an extra $200. You can buy a a new Chromebook for that price. Right. uh, It's just, I hate it so much. I hate that they do this. It's (laughs) It it ruins their products for me where it it, it seems cool. It looks cool. From our review, it looks like a great device. Um, but I would never like accept that upcharge like that, and the pen too. Are you kidding me? Yeah, and it's it's a it's actually one hundred forty four dollars is more than the standard ninety nine dollars for the Surface Pen. So this specific pen that was designed for this Surface Pro X is actually mm. more expensive, almost fifty percent more expensive. And it's not like backwards compatible, right? Like no. if I had a previous Surface, I no. can't take that keyboard and put it on this, right? Uh, no, that's the thing that because of the slight size difference, like you need to get a specific keyboard for this. What Surface a scam! Because you know what's going to happen? You're going to spend like the extra like three hundred dollars on this, and then they're going to come out with, like another laptop next year. It's like hey. to, be, to be fair, <laughs> if they. Assuming, like, if you look at the Surface Pro on the standard Surface Pro line, the keyboards do are backwards compatible for those because mm-hmm. the Pro X is a slightly different version. That's that's kind of a you know it's like the cell phone or the Snapdragon mm-hmm. processor based version. Uh, it, it needed to be redesigned, I think. So theoretically, if you were to commit to this line, like if you bought the next upgrade over, you'd be able to take that keyboard up with you. It is it is such a scam. It's just. Why would anybody like trust a company or pay, buy into something like this when you know like n- like they're not they're not including it? They well, want- let's let's be fair. Calling it scams a little bit of a harsh thing since it's right up front, right there on the site. And Microsoft isn't the only one doing this, right? Apple does this with the iPad Pro, mm-hmm. right? They show off the lovely keyboard and the pencil. Those are all extra accessories. They should just come with it. It's such a racket. All right, moving on to Facebook. Our own Megan Woolton has a unique review on the Facebook Pearl TV. She threw out the nuts and bolts of the standard review and basically just said, stay away from this thing based on the fact that Facebook has just got so much other drama going on between concerns about how it handles our personal information to you know, its decision to run political ads with lies. There's just a lot of issues here. And so she's flat out saying, don't buy this thing. I really loved it. Because, uh, we, I really think we should be doing more reviews like this yep. because I think that when we write reviews on a product itself and not the company around it, it's very much like one of those things where it's like, well, other than that, how is the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Right. Um, right. Where there's so much. Well, going okay. Around. Let's let's let's. That's a little dramatic. I mean, look, it's 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 fascinating. I think it, there is this increasing trend where you're not just buying the product based on the merits of the product. You mm-hmm. do have to look at what the company is, the context around you know, how this company is behaving. And in this particular case, 
uh, you know, Facebook, there's just so many problems there. Yeah, and my point is I think we should be doing that for every company that we write reviews on. I mean, you know, I, I appreciate a lot more that like whenever we write a review on a Ring product, now it comes with the caveat of like yep. all the police partnerships that they have. But we could take it a step further. We can, you know, add in things about, uh, you know, if you're going to have an Amazon Prime membership, by the way, their delivery trucks have been killing people um, b- because of like the mm. demand for one day delivery. Um, I, yeah, like context is extremely important around like consumerism and like our review of the portal TV was a great example of that. Yeah. Look, I think there's a fine line here and with the Facebook thing, I think Megan sort of made the call, um, to be fair, she does note that the Facebook portal TV does work fine in case you were interested in how it actually worked, uh, snaps into your TV, turns into a giant portal, which I kind of question was whether I even would want as just a product by itself, but Mm. Uh, and it also tries to be a streamer, but it's limited to key services yeah. like Netflix. I imagine this is one of those things that like old people will love, where it's like I can talk to my son on the TV now, and that isn't isn't that great? Um, so I, I I really do think this is one of those things that like somebody's gonna get for their parents. Um, mm and will not be reading this review or care that much about like privacy and right. you know, Facebook that's true. politics. If, if some folks aren't going to worry about all the outside stuff. If the product you know, helps them, they'll, they'll go with the product. Yeah. All right, lastly, Alfred, you had a story on two Chinese surveillance companies and how some experts fear they may be using CES to scrub their image clean. Break it down for us. What's this all about? Yeah, so there's two uh, Chinese surveillance companies, uh, called one called iFlyTech, the other one called EasyViz, which is a subsidiary of Hikvision. Uh, if you're not familiar with these companies, they no one are... Is. Yeah. Let's face it. So Hikvision, <laughs> Hikvision is actually the number one provider of surveillance cameras in the world, um, including uh, having million-dollar deals with the Chinese government to put surveillance cameras in mosques and their Muslim detention camps mm-hmm. in uh, Xinjiang. Um, so they have a subsidiary called EasyViz. They're based in California where they make smart uh, doorbells, like consumer-friendly products. Right. They have a right. doorbell that has facial recognition and creates databases of people that show up to your door. Uh, so they are both uh, going to be at CES. Uh, right. iFlyTech is the top provider of voice recognition in China. Well, they're both listed as attending CES. Yes. We don't actually know if they will be going to CES yet. Yeah, so yeah. They're, they're listed as attendees, but they have attended in previous years right. where uh, CES has given them uh, innovation awards. Right. So uh, bring it back, though. The, I mean, the reason why we're talking about these companies is because the Commerce Department put them on an entity list, basically a blacklist for human rights violations, right? Yeah, so they have contributed a lot of surveillance technology for the Chinese government, specifically for spying on Muslims in uh, China. And that's why they were blacklisted for human rights violations. And the concern is when they're at CES, they'll be given this like friendly image of, hey, yep. you know, we make this cool translator device or we make these cool video doorbells. Nothing wrong going on uh, with us in China. We're not doing anything bad there. Right. Um, which is what they've taken the approach as, um, you know, they after they won the CES awards, they they talked to Chinese media saying, you know, we have this global platform now. Mm-hmm. We, we are a consumer friendly company. And the big concern is that, you know, they're using CES to basically give them this clean cut, like friendly image. Right. When there are a lot of government officials talking about how problematic they are, um, you know, they there's talks of banning them in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Australian government has also like t- uh, discussed basically not allowing them to have their technology in their country either. Right. So we're still a few months, two months away. Yeah. Two months away from CS, so we'll see if the CTA does anything about it in the meantime. Mm-hmm. For the Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. I'm Alfred Ng. Thanks for joining us. Can't get enough? 
Check out The Daily Supercharge, our extended post-show with special features, audience Q&A, and in-depth reviews. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.